Hello, and welcome to The Music Prophet. But I'm kind of excited because we're going to change a pace. We're actually going to con- go into electronic music and a DJ for today. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> with Jackie Pashley, otherwise known as... Just Jacqueline Erica Pashley now. I used to be... Uh, my DJ name used to be Baseline Jack, but I recently decided to go... With more of a feminine name, like just in my own name, because uh, well, before social media and before there was like pictures everywhere, uh, actually a lot of people thought I was a guy. So not, not there's anything wrong with that. It's just that I had a very masculine sounding name. And I guess some, when I was younger, a lot of my mixes were more aggressive, uh, more like bass house and that sort of stuff anyways and th- yeah no I just for the longest time people thought I was a guy and then when they saw my pictures like oh you're a girl and then just recently um I just decided to change everything because I don't know I just wanted a fresh start so yeah. going with a more sexy feminine feel but it definitely <laughs> so I mean like that's a that's a good starting point though like when it comes to being a DJ mm-hmm. do you think that really defining feminine your femininity as a brand makes a difference with the audience i think so be uh well i think the proof is a bit in the pudding just from recently what i i've done is that i i actually hid my sexuality for a while like once i became a mother Mm -hmm. and my branding and i didn't really do too too much and i'm not like a super marketing whiz or anything but i kind of try to do everything myself and it definitely, lately, as I kind of switched gears and kind of took uh, that approach again, um, I will admit that my my uh, my traffic has gone probably like 10 times what it was before. That's insane. It's crazy. Like, and, and it, you know, that old, I don't know what you call it. Do you say an old adage? I don't know the right words. <laughs> but, it, they, you know, they say, you know, like sex sells. And it's just... Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it is true. It, it's just, it, it gets attention. But the, the only thing I, in this last experience of me going that route, mm-hmm. it's not always the best attention. I'll admit that. So it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, oh, you got the attention, but now what are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? And like dealing with people <laughs> and the messages you get, it's not always the greatest thing. But uh, there, most people are very supportive and most people are like, Woo, girl power. Because it definitely is. I mean, when you look at the festivals we have in Sudbury, and in general, when you look at festivals as a mix, it's often that it's mostly male DJs. It's definitely a male-dominated industry, but there are the you know there are tons of women doing it. And I mean, now, like because of the internet and because everything's accessible and because we see, we can see more and search more, like I realize how many women are actually doing it, which is really, really cool. I only know personally like a handful like that I've met in real life that are doing it and making money and have a business and that sort of thing but yeah most of the people I know even in Sudbury are their male DJs but maybe hey if you're out there listening I want to know about you young female DJs come be part of my crew <laughs> that it's it's a good yeah. shout out right it's it's definitely a major thing because where we are now there's so much opportunity out there too right there is. I, I, I am a bit of a, a believer that you create your own opportunity. I, I, I will stand tall and say that I've, I've done that for myself. Like when sometimes 
Um, and I even get that from young male DJs too. They say, well, what am I going to do? Where's the events? Where's this? Where's that? Can you hook me up? Kind of thing. And you're like, you got to create that yourself or you got to put yourself out there. You got to either create the event and the opportunity for yourself or find people that are doing it that will be part of your team. And I mean, Sudbury is a kind of a, a little big town. It's like the northern, yeah. the northern kind of place, but it's still quite small. So, I mean... I don't know. I just was spoiled being in Toronto before, right? And me having that that kind of marketplace to learn and fail and pick myself back up and whatever. And all the venues, the fact yeah, that exactly there's... like this, it's uh, it's crazy, right? I mean, I was uh, this past weekend. I was in one little tiny place with like maybe fifty to hundred people, you know. And there's like a so many of them there right there's so many holes in the walls and there's so many bigger clubs there's so many Mm -hmm. there's so much going on that it's yeah i was definitely spoiled so definitely a change of landscape coming to to sudbury but i I do like it here too and there's a lot of great djs here too are there people that you look up to that have sort of helped along your journey so far well yeah definitely like just even watching people from afar even if i don't know them personally it's like you have for me I've had those times where I wanted to just not do it at all because I felt like I either felt like giving up or uh maybe this isn't for me or I'm getting too old or whatever the case you're a mom now you can't do that no but you just have those self self doubt moments but there's definitely been people um some of the staple house DJs from Toronto that definitely when I first started took me under their wing and let me follow them around and watch what they were doing watch how they were mixing even the owners of the record stores would let me just practice in the back That's of their huge. store. And, and it's just, it's just because they, they could see my genuine interest and they maybe thought I was a nice kid and let me, like gave me a break kind of thing and let me, let me learn from, from watching them. But that's what I would say for DJs that want to get into it. Um, I mean, there are so only so many places you could go in Sudbury. So it's maybe not the, not that they're not great DJs, it's just like there's only so many people doing it, only so many places to play, so you can't mm-hmm. really see a wide spectrum of maybe what you could do, but the internet is probably a great place, and just observing other DJs copying what they do or getting inspiration from what they and how they mix. But the, I mean, YouTube's crazy now. You can pretty, oh, yeah. You can pretty much figure out anything if you really want to anymore. <laughs> Which is a good thing, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, like before they see to mention how the digital era is changing it a bit yes definitely wanted to touch on that because it's true i've talked about this to a few people lately i don't know i guess it's just the internet's so good and bad and i think we all know that there's so much good that comes out of it and it connects people and it educates people and brings people together and then on the flip side it also in certain ways disconnects people and keeps people from doing things in real life, you know, cause mm-hmm. everyone, you know, you see their highlight reel and that's not, and that's not all it is. Right. Like I'm, I'm doing things now 10 years after I thought it would happen for me. Like, or what I mean is in, in a sense of community too, like it's so different to me cause it's so accessible. Mm-hmm. When, when I first started, like we were, it was just changing to digital. So it was just that sense of community and you could only go certain places to hear that kind of music. And that's what you look forward to. And you look forward to seeing your friends there. And then you look forward to connecting with people and then you look forward to, but maybe I'm just an old bitty now comparatively. But it makes sense, right? <laughs> 
I'm just an old bitty now. It could be, yeah. but it definitely is a different experience because it's a different experience. you can also, and then when you look and in, get into the live streaming of concerts, or I mean, even the most recent example I can think of is Alexis on Fire played at the Strombo House. Okay. And so George Strombopoulos, who is a CBC radio host and films bands in his own house, and on Instagram Live, he basically went or he went live during when they did the filming of Lexus on Fire performing in the house. Yeah. And then and people saw it then, but it was also online like a month about a month later on YouTube. Yeah. So you don't have to see the see the concert or watch the normal video. You could have watched it live through there and got the exact same experience as you'd get normally. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I don't think anything replaces like the in the uh, in person in person thing. But I mean, what is cool is that it is accessible to people that maybe can't go to those things. That's mm-hmm. where I think it's like woohoo! That's freaking amazing, right? To be it's inclusive in that way. But I don't think any anything replaces like the the connection you feel when you see the band or the DJ live or whatever. I guess what I meant to touch on was just like. I guess when I first started DJing, there was that I had more of a sense of community because you had to go, you had to go out. You couldn't, you could get things online. Like I said, it was just flipping over to going digital. Now everything's just so accessible and everybody's a DJ and everyone knows how to do it better than you. And I don't know they think they do. And, you know, it's just, okay. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but it's, there's definitely, it's, it's easier probably for knowledge right because you can find Mm -hmm. it like information is more accessible online yeah for sure like i i I still think watching and you're gonna have to still do the work yourself like in terms of like learning it the same way you'd learn guitar or whatever you put the out put the hours in and then you just get really good at it it comes with easy just like anything but yeah i don't know i guess i just wanted to touch on like the sense of community i feel like it's a bit different it's a different vibe. Yeah, it's a different right? vibe, but because there is, there's probably layers too. I mean, you can make an online interaction, which is a uh, not quite. It's more of like a one level type of thing where you know each other exists, but you don't bring it past that. Yeah, I find that even just in life, like I'm trying to make more meaningful connections with people online. So it's not just like, hey, it's more like, hey, how are you? What's going on in your life? Maybe that's just my own hang up is that maybe in the past I didn't really take as much interest in others as like was a little one track minded. But I think Mm -hmm. once I'd much rather be connected with really connected with 100 people in my community than have like 10,000 followers who I have no clue anything about them. And maybe like, I don't know, it it, it would be great, but I'm not, I don't know, I guess those those real connections with people in real life are something I'm trying to invest more of my my time in. And then there's that old saying as well in, in music land, like a thousand true fans. So if I could have that many people that were invested in, in me and supporting me in the things that I love, you know, but, mm-hmm. and I hopefully I give that back, right? So, I can, so do you find that numbers, uh, do numbers matter as much to you then for crowd size or following? It's like, again, it's a, I've, I've had the best of both worlds. I've, oh my God, I've played to nobody. I've played to hundreds of people. I've played to 
Like, like even on the weekend, I went down for Pride in Toronto and it's awesome. It was like 50 people in there, but we had the best time, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was, people were right with me and like making music requests and like uh, connecting with me, adding, we were adding each other on social media. And like that to me was like a great example of that small interaction that was probably is going to mean a lot because now I have, you know, even if I got five fans out of that, they're like people that connected with me, talked yeah. to me, saw my body language or this, that. So again, but I, I mean, I can't, I can't also deny though that that feeling of when you have that energy of a huge crowd responding to you. I mean, that's fantastic too. But I mean, what do you mean? Like numbers on social media or you mean like numbers in general, right? Numbers, because yeah. there's different, there's numbers for downloads, plays, then there's also crowds. So I mean, yeah. it's just in general, do you take yeah. them into account when you're... It, it, I think it does matter to people like promoters and people that are putting on events and you... Because, you know, it, uh, it, at the end of the day, it all comes down to... It all comes down to money, right? Dollars and cents. Like, not everybody is uh, completely motivated by that. And, and I know that I'm not completely. But at the end of the day, you know, you it is a business and you have to... You have to get those paid. Thing, those things do matter, right? Prime example, and I'll, like, be completely honest with it. When I moved to Sudbury, it's like, I think people had an idea of what to expect. And it just wasn't there. Because it's like, it's not as if I am from here... So I tried, I tried to do a couple different things, work for a couple different bars and it just didn't fly. New city, you're not that popular, you gotta start all over again. And, and that's great. So you just kinda, it is important, but it's not, here's the thing. <laughs> it Again, it's the, high, it's the highlight reel and how many connections do you have in real life? Because people th do things like buy followers, they're excellent at marketing, they're excellent mm -hmm. in all these things and they put up this big, huge front and then when it comes down to it, you know, it's not what it's like in real life. They pull in like 12 people yeah, per show. It, yeah, yeah, right. Or, you know, or there's so many factors. It's really hard because I don't think any, like I know people will, will argue me on this, but I don't think anybody knows how the music business actually works. It's always growing and changing. And there's certain like milestones and things and ways you can release albums. And there's all these rules of things you can do. But at the end of the day, it's like, I think it's whoever has the best attitude and whoever is willing to, to put the work in. And, and I think the, the cre the, what do they say? Cream rises to the top or whatever. Yeah. Right? Like the cream of the crop rises to the top. And it's consistency probably too, Consist right? Absolutely. Yeah. And not, and really not giving up because we all, I mean, I, I, I could probably speak for a bunch of other musicians. I don't know about you, but like. You, sometimes you do feel like giving up and you do feel like, oh my God, like, what am I even doing this? Am I, I'm not even that good. Like, no, nobody likes me, you know, but then you get over it and then you just pick yourself back up and you're all again. It's probably the same way an athlete feels or the same way anybody in any mm -hmm. industry feels. Like, sometimes you're like, why am I doing this? Like, is this really what I've chosen to do? <laughs> no, but then, but then you'll have some sort of inspiration or you'll have some sort of something that picks you right back up again you're like oh that, this is that feeling especially like even on the weekend i was like oh this is why i do this this is why i remember why i love djing because i'm i'm making people happy i'm connecting with people i'm enjoying music together or doing all of those exciting fun things so what has been like the one of the biggest trials or errors that, oh, oh. <laughs> that you've come across over the years that looking back is a good thing though That's tough because 
again, like I'm constantly just experimenting. But like I mentioned, I think for so long, I've been trying to almost do that thing where you're, you're trying to be everything to everyone. And I think that I was a little bit off when I, when I, it's hard because at one point I was like, I'm not going to narrow myself to one genre. And then part of me is like, well, marketing wise, it might be okay to put yourself in one genre because then people know what they're buying. That's the mm -hmm. thing. Like, cause at the end of the day, people are buying you and they're invested in you. And a lot of, a lot of it I think is based around my personality and that I'm reliable, at least for like when I do corporate and wedding stuff, it's like they, well, she's easy to work with and she's peppy and she's <laughs> so perfect. You know? Let's hire her right away. Yeah, Like really like she's reliable, you know? And that, well, that's one of the things, one of the things my, one of my music teachers from Toronto said, he said like, when it comes down to it, you'll notice in, in his experience in the music business, it's availability and reliability are two huge things because if you don't have those, I mean, you won't get rebooked and people won't want to work with you and, and it's really your attitude mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah. So we were, you were talking about trial and error though. I know we went off on a tangent, but. But I think that that answers it pretty well though, I think, because availability and being reliable are sort of, it applies to most musicians. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then really it comes down, it does, like, I mean, talent is a big thing. And that's really, I think, what you do with it though. And like, if you're, if, again, if you're willing to put yourself out there and I, and really it is, it's just a big trial and error. And I think anyone that tells you different is a goddamn liar. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> but it, it is though. It's like, there are certain rules to follow. And, and truthfully though, me being a DJ, like I haven't gone, I, I've learned about it, but I haven't actually gone through the process of releasing an album of like how that structure works and you know, the time that it takes to record everything and then the time that it takes to, you know, okay, we're, this is our marketing plan and this is how we're going to go through with it. Like I've learned of all those things, but I've never actually put it into practice. So it is kind of hard for me to like make judgments on anyone other than a DJ who doesn't necessarily like, I don't, I, I wouldn't call myself a producer. I do understand how it works. I have learned these uh, things, but I, I don't practice it. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a, I'm a, I'm a mixed show DJ. So, you know, whatever I get booked for, I just kind of cater to the client and do that. But can you kind of expand on that? Because yeah. that you did raise a really good point about the fact that you aren't like your, your normal electronic DJ that released an album or EP. Mm -hmm. So can you expand on being a mixed? Well, for me, I still do kind of have those desires, but I kind of let those things go a little bit. I, I was going back to school in Toronto and then I got pregnant and I was like, well, this is going to put a pin in this for a while. I wasn't sure actually if I was ever going to DJ again because I thought, well, is my life going to completely change? And it definitely did, but I, I never lost that desire and that love for for uh, mixing or making music. Um, but for me, because I'm not like a really, a, I wouldn't call myself a producer, <laughs> um, but I would love, I, I like working with other people and I I feel I have a good ear for music, but mainly what it is, is it's more about track selection. It's about how, knowing how to read a crowd. And that really just comes with experience and time. Mm -hmm. um, it, 
and really, like I said, like when you, when you put out mixes, which I've been totally slacking on, which I used to do all the time. Anyways, it's more about, it is your personality. It's your track selection. It's, you know, how, how do you creatively put that together? Um, are you playing to your audience sort of thing? And, but it's hard, especially when you're in a small town, you got to kind of cater to your market. And it's less of people coming to see you as a DJ, and it's more you're catering to what the crowd is there. Mm-hmm. Unless you're super popular, which I'm not. <laughs> and not that nobody knows, but nobody's, nobody's like, you know, waving their flag down or anything at this point. But, yeah, being a, that's what I would call a mix show DJ. And then you have people like Trapman, who are like the ultimate of mix show DJ. And that's a, that's a whole nother ball game of its own that's like turntablism right and a little mm-hmm. more more manipulating more that kind of style of DJing my style of DJing is a little more like I hate saying basic but it really in the grand scheme of things it's not it's not as technical it's more um you know mixing in key mm-hmm. making sure that everything flows together and having sort of a vibe and that just comes from my background of me being a house DJ when I first started because House music, it's more about the vibe that you're setting. It's more of those extended mixes, layering, mm-hmm. vocals over instrumentals, and just creating that vibe. So now I kind of What's have, your focus then? Yeah. Because it's like, that's always fascinated me yeah. as someone who dabbles in music myself, but also just has a lot of music friends. Yeah. I'm always curious what you focus on when you go to make the sound. So are you focusing on the rhythm? Or are you focusing on those very subtle changes? For me, I like, uh, it's just phrasing. And what, what I do to like, really, it all comes down to just the track. It comes down to usually a good bass line. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's for me, it's the way the track makes me feel. So if I feel something for it, I know most likely it should make others feel similar. Okay. I'll, or I think that it will. Because if I'm enjoying it that much, if it gives me joy, if it if it elevates my energy, that's more what I concentrate on than anything else. And as a DJ, a lot of times that's trial and error. Because, you know, you that's think... That's true. You know, you think, you think, oh, it's going to be a floor filler. And then you clear the floor. You're like, what? This is such a sick tune. Like, but it's just, again, it's really just knowing the event you're playing for. Because then on the flip side, I do a lot of like corporate and wedding DJing. And there are times where I never mix a song. It's all about track selection. They want to hear the radio edit, what they know on the radio. They don't care about mixing. They don't Mm -hmm. want to, they don't care how good of a DJ, you know, they just want their songs and you just have to know how to like, okay, this is probably the song they'll want to hear next and they'll just come tell you. And, and And that's it. That's a, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, they just, they just want to sing along. They just want to sing along, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's great, and I have a blast. Like, I play country music for them. I don't give a... You know, whatever you want. It makes you happy. That's what my job is at that time. But then I get to do other more creative, electronic-style events where, you know, I do get to put on my creative hat, and I do get to really express... Uh, you know, these are the tracks that I'm feeling and it's a little, it is a little more selfish at that point. You know, you got to get to be a little more selfish and really let your personality shine through. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's great about it. Right. And that's how people get to know their favorite DJs and all that sort of thing. So how'd you define that? What's like, what sort of tracks are your go to? This is my personality. Probably bass and future house, which is 
and and and, cla- and more like classic sounding house music. So how like there's so many different subgenres of every style of music, right? But for house music, there is all these different little subgenres and um what really like turns my crank so to speak would be I I call it bass house or future house which is really heavy bass lines, a lot of energy, but also sometimes it's just a, a really great groove and um I love tracks that transition from like trap to house and back and forth. I really, really dig those kind of things because I like some of those heavier sounding mm-hmm. Skrillex type songs and stuff. So I like it. I like when it goes back and forth between like happy go lucky to like in your face. I'm going to like murder the club kind of feel. And yeah, and back and forth. That's it. That's what gets me going. That's what gets me going. <laughs> that's what gets the kids going. That's good. That's what keeps kids excited, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> But that's yeah. If I had, if I had, if when I get my way, that's usually what I, I I get to do. So I'm really hoping, like Up Here Fest is coming again. I really hope they book me downtown again. That was so fun last year. Yeah, if you're, you're listening, if you're and you're in the dome last year, yeah. right? Uh, well, we were outside the dome, so it was, uh, yeah, just a, a few of the, us local DJs, and it's pretty cool. So I got to play one night. Oh, no, two nights, and then one of them was... Just, it was just really fun, and I think people were really, like, pleasantly surprised. They came down, they saw us all on the street, like, having a blast, so I hope that we do... They do the same thing again or something similar, because that would be... Yeah, it would be wicked. More stuff like that in Sudbury. We need more stuff like that. And there was... Because uh, some people listening might also know about it, too, but there was there was also the Powerhouse series that yeah. happens, right? Yeah, yeah. The um, Darian and Derek. And so I think... That is not happening at the moment, but that was really cool. That was really, that is exactly the kind of thing I mean, like they had, I know like, hey, and I'm not trying to like belittle it or anything, but like had some really successful nights and had some really crabby nights and whatever, but they tried. They yeah. created opportunity for themselves. They tried to bring something to the table. They, you know, they got people involved. They did all those kinds of things that in my opinion, I like, I'm like, that's what you need to do, especially in Sudbury. There's not a huge scene going on or exactly. anything. So you need to create that, create that buzz and create that opportunity. And I think there is a cra- definitely a crowd, still a crowd for it here. But uh, yeah, it just it just takes a few a few people that really want to make it happen. And mm-hmm. You just come together and you do it. Because <laughs> especially in in a small town, well, in a in a smaller niche art scene. Mm-hmm. That definitely is the only way to really grow it out, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it can happen. It can definitely happen. It's just, it's not always an easy go. And then sometimes you get to, you do knock it out of the park though. And those are the times you celebrate and say, okay, oh, that's what worked. Oh, okay. Now I'll do that next time. You know, okay, well, what did we learn from the last one? Or, and then you just keep going and then, hey, it, yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's why I say it's, I think it always comes down to trial and error. But there are, there are certain things. Yes, there are certain rules. There are certain things that have been, could probably be proven again in a repeat test. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. there's, uh, I think it just comes down to people's attitudes and energy and willing, willingness to work together. And for some people to ultimately put up the money yeah. to make it all, you know, have a couple of key people that do have that experience of, it does come down to a lot of marketing, a lot of like advertising dollars too to get the word out, um, and hitting the pavement. Like go put up posters, go do whatever you got to do to make it happen. 
Yeah, because that's what it comes down to in the end, right? But I think you, but you also touched on, um, you touched on the payment side of it. So when it comes to being a mixed DJ, is that different than the friends you have that play in bands? Or how do you find that getting paid, it varies as a mixed DJ versus someone who uses turntables or a band that has instruments or performs? It, that is an interesting question. Well, it's just, <laughs> that's a tough question because, well, it comes down to what do you, what is your time worth? And it's hard to put a value on that. And as musicians, I think we all kind of devalue ourselves. And you, you know, you sometimes see rants of people online, like I don't work for free. And like, oh, none of us do. Right. So it's yeah, in your heart. No one works yeah, for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's like, you know, what is your time worth to you? How much money and time and effort have you put into it? You know, what's your rate of return? How much did it cost you? How much, how much of your time and how much, uh, how much did your equipment cost? Your practice time, your preparation time. And that's really like when people book me for weddings, like, I don't know why, but it seems so much easier because I guess they maybe they see all of the, the time and effort that goes into really you being the AV person for the whole mm. day and preparing all their music, putting their plays together, meeting with the clients, doing all those kinds of things. It doesn't differ that much from being like a a, a bar DJ, a bar star, but uh, it it is it's, it's a different ballgame, really. But it, what I mean is like it comes down to how much you think you're worth and what you're willing to put out there, and how much willing people are willing to pay. So at the end of the day, like a promoter, you have to think about it from because I've played, I've had worn both hats. So it's like at the end of the day, you want to book someone and pay for someone where you're going to get a rate of return right. and to make it worth your time. Like I don't, for me, I'm happy if I make a few hundred dollars and, or, or you know, if I'm putting on a show because I know the market and it's not huge and it's a mm-hmm. risk, it's a risk. So I'm like, you know what, if I end up breaking even, I'm happy. Anything above and beyond that is a total score because right. I, I did this out of, out of love and out of, you know, my, I wanting to do it. But on a bigger scheme, like if you want to do this all the time, you have to think about it from both ends. Like, well, what's my time worth? How much effort am I putting into this? Is this the only thing I'm doing? Do I have another job, another source of income? What mm-hmm. are my other sources of revenue? And um, yeah, for me, like I usually want to make a few hundred dollars at mm-hmm. the end of the day, whatever way it happens, because, you know, it, it is one of my prime sources of revenue, but I'm also even myself trying to find additional sources of revenue. Like I would like, I think I'm going to do, my next step is to do an online store um, in conjunction with my new branding with like XOXO lifestyle, very mm-hmm. like boss babe and have an online store for that. So those are ways that I've been, my wheels have been turning, you know, but I, that's yeah, it's a tough question because it's it comes down to what is what are people willing to pay and how much do you and it's hard. It's hard to put a value on that sometimes. It is. And even and yeah. even when it's festivals, right? I mean anyone can play a festival, but it depends on what how far do you want to travel for them? What do you want to what festivals do you want to be part of? Do you want to be a band or artist on a lineup that doesn't fit your style but yep. pays well? Right. It's all, it's all those different questions. Really. It comes down to, yeah. Cause I mean, there's lots of people that play lots of these maybe hoity toity things, but you know, they, they are, a lot of them are doing it cause they just love it and they just want to experience that and they want to build their resume 
or they want to, you know, do that sort of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I've played mm-hmm. so I when I was younger, I played free shows all the time, or I played enough for my gas money to get to Toronto, or I play, you know, just to get out there and, and hit the pavement and that sort of thing. Um so you you know, you don't have to do that. That's just my experience. That's just what I thought I had to do. Um looking back you, you though, are you that way still? Pardon? Looking back, yeah. are you are you pro free experience? Like are you, am I playing shows for free? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean you have to start somewhere. And if you're really starting from the get-go, I would suggest getting as much experience as you can if you can afford it. I mean, if it's cutting into your your meat and potatoes and you're like, "Oh yeah, like you know, rethink it, take a step back, find save up some money, you know." I mean, and it's not easy. Just like a band, it's like equipment is so expensive, exactly. and like the travel so expensive, and all that thing, everything's so expensive. <laughs> so it's like it, it, it's a tough go. And I and and you know, when you do figure it out though, and when you do get to that point where you have no trouble asking for a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, like it depending on what the event is, how many people are coming, well, how much is they going to make off booze. I hate to tell you that, but a lot of this is fueled by alcohol sales. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who tells you different is, I don't know. But well, especially when you're playing a bar. Well, yeah. I mean, in, like, that's it. That's how they make, that they don't care. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, you have to get, you do have to grow a thick skin because at the end of the day, people, they care, but they don't care, especially if it's a bar owner or a promoter or whatever. They want to make sure they have a return on their investment. And rightfully so. That's their business and you have to respect that, mm-hmm. right? But it's hard at the beginning or even me in a new town to be like somehow prove to them that you're worth it or get your in or whatever the case may be. Like you just, you just have to, it, it, it's a big game and it's a big show. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a thick skin and say, well, I'm going to do this. Even if I, even if it's tough or even if I have to do a few free shows to figure it out or I have to build my following or whatever, because, but if you, I really do believe though, if you want it bad enough, it'll happen one way or another. And if your attitude's right, it'll happen one way or another. Like first and foremost, learn how to mix, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> know how to mix and key, uh, you know, have a great, have some decent equipment. But again, it, it, that's where the accessibility thing, like to loop back, throwback. No, but it, it's really cool how accessible it is in a way too, because there are it is it opens that door to even people who want to do it in their bedroom and learn and and have a, just a joy of music, have their friends over, have house parties. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Freaking sweet, right? And it's like a garage band, whatever. Um, but you know, if you want to take it to the next level and you want to be a professional, then you do have to treat treat it like. Uh, like a business, right? Mm-hmm. It sucks. You got to do your bookkeeping. True. You don't want to do it, but you got to do it. You know, like, anyways. Because you are a product. No matter what, yep. I mean, as a musician, you're technically that. Yep. And I will I will admit, like, in my experience, there's lots of times where I've been booked based on, uh, you know, my song selection and my talent and I can mix and then, and then. And there's been lots of times when I've been people have bought into me as a product mm. as the sexy girl DJ to put on a poster as those certain things. So it depends what you're okay with. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Cause the end result is still fun and it's still positive energy usually. And it's, and it's usually a lot of fun and it's something where I, I do connect with people and that, and they, 
and you just get that energy. Really, it's a bit, to me, that's what attracted me to house music in the beginning was that sense of community, the fun, dancing, mm-hmm. um, just enjoying music and celebrating with other people because it's always, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, pro- that's probably the biggest thing overall, right? In music in general is that if you enjoy it, then you're okay with it and that's how you choose your gigs or that's how you choose what you play on or the posters you're in mm-hmm. is that if you think the gig will be fun or if that your fans will enjoy it, yeah. then you show up. Yeah. Yeah. There's different, there's different levels, just like any, any business or any other business that had company with layers. Like you have your worker bees and they just do it because they want to go paycheck to paycheck and there's nothing wrong with that. We need those people too. Then they're the people that, you know, you want to take to the next level and I want to make more money and I want to make this a legit business and this is going to be a huge revenue source to me and I'm going to do this. this, this. And it's like, that's great and do that. But you do, there is a little bit that separates the, the herd, so to speak. Mm -hmm. How do you, I guess as a way to transition a little bit, um, how do you find that your family influence has changed things? Like being a mom? Yeah. Well, being a mom and also you're, you're with another musician as well. Right. So how do you find that that influence changes things between your mixes and what you do for fun musically versus escaping it? <laughs> I'm not sure I completely understand the question, but I'll answer the best I can. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, when I, when I was um, with Claude, mm-hmm. for example, I don't know if that's what you were asking about. Yeah. But like, he definitely influenced me in a very positive way. Like he loves drum and bass and trap and all the, the, the darker side of electronic music, like in the best way. And uh, he definitely had influence on me and we created together and we, that was something that I, and that I totally enjoyed and I will still hopefully enjoy that in the Mm -hmm. future. We'll still always have that connection and we'll always, you know, be, that's what brought us together and I'm sure it will will keep us And so do you felt like, so so you did find that it pushed you to grow? And at this, like, equally almost? Yeah, well, that's how we met originally, is that we were going to create music together. That's what I, because I loved his music production, and I thought, oh, my God, like, you know, let's hang out. And then it just ended up that we fell in love. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> anyway, it happens, you crazy DJs. No, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so I think that we'll always have that connection, and we'll always... Uh, you know, have the, that great stuff. So, and, and definitely like Caleb, like our son mm-hmm. is, oh my God. Like if he's, if he doesn't become a DJ, I don't know. Uh, that would be crazy if he doesn't No, but even if he just want to do it for fun, but he's already like got it in on like He's got rhythm and he's just, anytime we're in the, anytime he's in the car, he's like, turn it up, turn it up. It's gotta be louder. <laughs> and you're like, Caleb, I'm talking. He's like louder. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, that's definitely your son. So, yeah, <laughs> I can't argue that. No, but it's uh, it's great. But like I said, having a family and, and becoming a mom, at least for me, I did have that period of time where, you know, the focus, rightfully so, is only on Caleb. And it really, I didn't have my focus on music that much at all until really I, you know, could have a little more attention back to myself and then finding yourself all over again. And I think a lot of parents go through that where it's like, Oh my gosh, there's this little human being, your life completely changes. And you know, you're not, it's not, you can't be selfish anymore. 
Yeah. You know, it's like then eventually you can be a little selfish again. If you find yourself again and you can find your groove again. So I'm just literally getting back to that point where I'm like, okay, okay, I got this. I can do this. So <laughs> yeah. now that you have more more of the time and the ability to actually. Yeah, as, as, as little people become a little more self-sufficient, I mean, he still needs a lot of attention, but I have a pretty good uh, teammate to help me do that. So that's a bonus, right? I'm very lucky. Some people don't have that luxury mm-hmm. of having someone that's a good co-parent. So uh, we definitely are finding the time to be ourselves again because we, 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 we share the load. So that's nice. Yeah. Did you, I'm curious whether when you had that period where you're focusing on Caleb mm-hmm. and you pause music, did you find that, that it re- almost reset your view on how you enjoy mixing and how you want to play shows? Well, you kind of you do realize that you're like, okay, well, I can't maybe always just do this anymore because I love it. Even though a lot of the times it ends up being like that, you know, you still do. But I think just once, I don't know, for some reason when I hit 30, I was, I was to the point where I was like, okay, I can start charging money. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel bad about asking anymore. I don't know. That was just my, that's just my experience. So yeah. maybe cause I'm like, well, you know, I got quite a few years under my belt here. I haven't been, it's not my first rodeo. And like, I, I do put time and effort and I am reliable and I am professional most of the time, <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. And, um, yeah, I don't know. So it was a good, so it, may, it was maybe a good thing then because oh, you're, so, yeah, sorry, you asked if I reset. Like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did reset a bit. Well, even just recently, like, like I said, I find like, I feel like I am kind of getting my groove back and, you know, not feeling, because for a while there, I, I did, I hid my sexuality. I hid my, my, my kind of like persona, I don't know if it's a persona, it's kind of just is me, but maybe a little exaggerated version of me. But, um, I hid that for a while because I thought, oh, you know, I don't know. I guess I just, the societal pressure of like, oh, you can't be sexy and be a mom. You can't be a DJ and be a mom. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, who do you think you are? Kind of. <laughs> but and I thought, well, that's silly. That's so why do, why do I think that? Why do I think people are going to treat me that way? And then once I started going back to being myself, they're like, oh, there's the girl I remember. <laughs> oh, there's that DJ I remember. Oh, there, you know, you're getting, you're getting your energy back. That's really nice to see. And a lot of people say, you seem so happy. I'm like, you know what? I really am. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm being less, worrying less about what people think all the time, even though it's hard and being, and just being more myself. And I feel like once, when I am just myself, that actually more people like me, right? You know, like, or they, they just connect with me more and they, yeah. they want to, they want to buy into you because you're, I don't know, maybe a little more authentic. You're just being yourself. You're not trying to, even though I do feel like I'm putting on an act sometimes, but like. But it depends yeah. too, right? I mean, everyone has the act they put on. It just depends on the crowd too. Because yeah. if you're doing a show, for example, you sort of have to fit what you're wearing. You got to kind of be the front man, right? That's yeah. what it is. Like, <laughs> like kind of the one man band when it is like when I am booked maybe as in the quote unquote headliner spot, like you do, you got to. They booked you because they're expecting that. And I think I hid that for a while and I kind of almost shied away after being out of the, out of practice for a little while. And then slowly, but surely I feel like my confidence is coming back up and actually being part of the Sudbury five squad thing that kind of like boosted my Mm -hmm. confidence back. I was like, started performing again and practicing, being part of a team 
And that sort of thing. And those things, you know, got my confidence back, got my groove back. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Okay, we can do this. And then, yeah, it was nice being around, like, other young women that were excited to, to you know, perform and that sort of thing and kind of artsy-fartsy. And some of them were singers. Some of them were, all of them were trained dancers and all that. And it was just neat. And you can love – you can build off their confidence too. I totally did. I totally did. And I was like, you know, I was like – I was the older one of us all. I was the oldest actually. And it was nice though. It was nice to be around you know, like these young, beautiful, talented women. You're like, oh, shit. And we kind of supported each other. And, the, and that was really, really cool to me. And I was like, I felt that sense of community all over again. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Okay, okay. You know, building friends too. New town, new everything. So. Yeah, and it was it yeah. is so it was a sort of fresh start because that's the same time basically that you branded or you got rid of Baseline Jack as one of your branding, and then switched to sort of like Jacqueline Erica Pashley, right? Yeah, I just thought well, I'll just try, and again, trial and error, baby. Like I just like, well, <laughs> let's try this. I'm just gonna be myself and see what happens. And so far, it's been working. So, <laughs> so we'll just go with that. I mean, yeah, the, you can't ask for anything else. <laughs> And on that note, I think uh, that's I think it's going to be good to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, I, but before we go, make sure to tell everyone where they can find you because that's pretty important. Okay, so I am going to be making a new website soon, which will be xoxolifestyle.com for the business that I'm creating. That's a so it's a DJ entertainment service. Um, and then I also am hopefully not hopefully I'm going to eventually build my online shop to have just really products geared to mostly women <laughs> to be honest but um so it's yeah just more very feminine uh feminine based um my facebook is facebook.com slash jacqueline erica pashley soundcloud same thing slash jacqueline erica pashley and instagram at jacqueline erica pashley <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure that you get the right spelling each time <laughs> 